Hi there, this is Brian Barnett with The Last Symptom. When I started The Last Symptom, I never in a million years imagined it would grow as it has. In these early shows especially, audio quality was often iffy, and there were references to services or online groups that are outdated and no longer in use. Great improvements have been made. Where should you go for all of the most up-to-date resources that I offer? TheLastSymptom.com is my permanent website full of free resources where everything is always up to date and that I encourage you to refer back to often. There are also a few modest paid resources at TheLastSymptom.com. These support my efforts and have allowed The Last Symptom to exist for as long as it has. These include one-on-one phone conversations with me one-on-one Zoom video calls with me, and perhaps most importantly, the Last Symptom Fundamentals course, which is a two-week, intensive, pre-recorded online video course that is far superior to things like DBT. The Last Symptom has a flourishing YouTube and Rumble channel where I publish regular orange slices, which are condensed video insights of five or ten minutes in length. If you're just now discovering the last symptom, welcome. I hope you will find every insight and resource you need here for authentic and permanent recovery from emotional disorders such as borderline personality disorder. Now on to the show. Brian Barnett is just a regular guy. He's not a doctor. He has no legal license in any field of mental health nor emotional health. Brian Barnett merely shares the insights he has gained from his personal experiences for anybody who may choose to use such information as they individually and personally choose while accepting full responsibility for their own individual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Brian Barnett assumes no responsibility whatsoever for anybody's individual choice to expose himself or herself to any information that Brian Barnett shares by listening to this program, you are acknowledging that you, and only you, are responsible for your own thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Happy Thoy's Day, everybody. That's how you say it if you're a wise guy. Happy Thoy's Day. Welcome back to The Last Symptom. Brian, I have followed you since I found you on another website maybe a little over a year ago. The letter begins. I realized I have borderline personality disorder at age 68. I'm now 70. Upon realizing in my 30s that something was wrong, I began to seek answers. I was diagnosed with depression. Therapy didn't help. I read countless self-help books. Nothing helped. In the meantime, I was living in hell and dragging my three beautiful children with me. It's a long story wrought with pain and devastation that is way too long to go into. At age 67, I went through one of the most excruciatingly painful experiences of my life, and believe me, there have been many. I knew I had borderline personality disorder before I found you, Brian, and I was desperately looking for help. I have limited finances, so therapy wasn't an option. Now I see that as a good thing. When I read about the two distorted core beliefs you talk about, 
I knew on the inside of me that was truth. I tried very hard to grasp what you were saying about proceeding, but I just couldn't seem to get it to come together. This was before your podcast and Facebook page. Then, listening to your podcast and reading your articles, it all began to click for me. The progress I've made is nothing short of miraculous. There's a deep healing going on between my children and I as I have taken responsibility for my actions. I have not only sought to make amends with words, but my life is now a living of making amends, if that makes sense. I'm pleased to report they have each forgiven me. We still have a ways to go, but I'm okay with the fact that we are progressing. Healing from borderline personality disorder has become the legacy I will leave my children and grandchildren. Did you enjoy hearing that as much as I did? Did you notice the key to this person's success? What did he or she do when they got stuck? They had already recognized my information had value, but they were stuck. So what did they do? He or she kept going, kept consuming and learning more. And what happened? Eventually, things began to click into place. The puzzle started coming together. Insight is what began to happen. I'm so excited and happy for this person. I want everybody to know it. Have you heard of the do-nothing sickness? Listen to this from the book Deep Survival. Who Lives, Who Dies, and Why by Lawrence Gonzalez. It says, at least 75% of people, at least 75% of people caught in a catastrophe either freeze or simply wander in a daze. They can't think. They can't act correctly. Others maintain that people often remain calm in denial, as happened in the World Trade Center. When the United States attacked Hiroshima and Nagasaki with atomic bombs, the Japanese noticed the same phenomenon among their survivors. They named it Bura Bura, which means do-nothing sickness. Make sure that in your recovery, you never allow yourself to get caught up in Bura Bura, the do-nothing sickness. Just keep whacking away at it as my friend who wrote the letter so perfectly has set the example. Moving on now, can I ask you an entirely unrelated question? How would you like to be stuck in a room every day with somebody you utterly despise? Every day, a tiny office space with no windows, let's say, sitting down at a desk, which is right next to somebody who just puts a hair in your biscuit. They irritate the ever-living daylights out of you. Just the two of you, stuck in this room, forced to interact together all day, every day, all year long. Could you handle it? Would there come times when you'd feel like banging your head against the wall? It probably wouldn't be too long before you'd start slamming your desk drawer, getting rude on phone calls, 
and uh, needing aspirin, right? At the end of the week, emotionally exhausted from your interactions with this person for 10 hours a day, every day, can you imagine being in a very good mood when you got home to your family? Well, would it surprise you to know that if you have borderline personality disorder, this idiot, this moron, who you absolutely cannot stand, but are forced to share this tiny office space with every day, is you. That's right. You yourself are both people in this illustration. The entirety of borderline personality disorder can be boiled down to two fundamental distorted core beliefs that are formed very early in childhood and carried right into adulthood. We talk about them all the time, but let's review them again. Distorted core belief number one. My feelings, my feelings are inherently irrelevant and shameful, devoid of worth. Distorted core belief number two, which is born directly from the first, is... If my feelings are relevant and shameful, then I myself must also be inherently irrelevant and shameful, devoid of worth. The reality of this, what we've just described, means self-loathing. That is self-hate. What a conflict to be the very person you yourself perceive as having no inherent worth or value. You're both the guy or the gal observing how overwhelmingly annoying and irritating the person is while at the same time being the person. Now are you starting to see one of the primary reasons people with borderline personality disorder are so prone to irrational anger. They have to deal with this person day in, day out, for years. Inherently means the very nature of a thing. When we talk about water, is it ever necessary to describe it as wet? No, because whoever you're talking to already knows this. And why do they know it? Because wet is a quality that is inherent to what makes water, water. It is the very nature of what water is. Now, what if I say, hey, I just drank a glass of purple water. Is purple inherent to water? No. Water is never just naturally purple. Something else has to make it purple. So when we say that the two beliefs at the foundation of borderline personality disorder involve the inherent nature of our feelings and identity, you can see just how powerful this nuance is. Folks with the disorder don't view their shamefulness and lack of worth as they do a glass of purple water. Mm -mm. Rather, they view it the same as water is wet. So this person goes to church three times a week. They volunteer every weekend helping the poor. They donate all the money they can to charitable causes. They treat old people and children with respect. They work hard at their jobs. They strictly adhere to ethics. They obey the law. 
Other people admire them. And no matter what, no matter what, water will always be wet. The person with borderline personality disorder will always be shameful and devoid of worth, as will their feelings, no matter what. As long as their subconscious ideas are wrong about things that they view as inherent to them. This is why it's absolutely imperative to not simply skim over the word inherent when I use it in describing the erroneous foundation perceptions causing all the symptoms of borderline personality disorder. And this is also why no soothing technique, no learned coping strategy, not old age, not all the love in the world, not DBT, nor any other trick can ultimately have any genuine long-term success against the disorder because beneath it all, the person's understanding of what they inherently are still just is what it is. External superficial things at best can only cover it over, but this does not change it. Only each individual himself or herself can do the inner work necessary to first identify it and then with accumulated accurate education and insights change it at the very root for themselves. When you, as a person with borderline personality disorder, have your blow-up moments, you know, where you've been going along, treating your family and friends well, but then one day you snap and you treat them in horrible ways that you later regret. This is a natural effect of the two before-mentioned distorted core beliefs. The naturally resulting frustration of how you subconsciously perceive yourself catches up to you. You make white-knuckle efforts to resist it and treat the people you care about well because you know they don't deserve to be treated poorly. And you do your best to compensate for your anger and outbursts. But success can only be temporary as long as those subconscious perceptions involving your and your feelings' inherent nature aren't straightened out. Your fundamental beliefs about yourself never take a vacation. They sit there festering and feeding you a never-ending steady stream of shame and self-loathing. That irritating person you can't stand who annoys the holy heck out of you is always there. He or she is always there following you around, driving you bonkers. Given that you're totally unaware of the source or the true nature of these feelings, it gets to a point where the level of frustration and annoyance inside of you has grown too great. And now you begin to subconsciously search for a release, for any target or external excuse you can find upon which to direct and express this frustration. Imagine walking around with a throbbing toothache and suddenly you snap and you you bark at somebody who doesn't deserve to be barked at your irritability has nothing to do with them does it it's only your tooth it's your tooth it's hurting like mad and your anger is really frustration not frustration for the person you just snapped at or barked at but frustration over the tooth 
over the situation, the uncomfortable situation you're stuck in that's causing so much discomfort. Targets usually end up being those closest to us, and the invented excuses for the rage typically end up being the stupidest, lamest little things. So it's no wonder that loved ones walk around totally bewildered by the behavior of those with borderline personality disorder. They feel like they're always stepping on eggshells, you know, never knowing when the other shoe is going to drop. It's exhausting for the person with borderline personality disorder, too, and unfortunately, it is a much simpler task to spare our casual friends and acquaintances from these blow-ups because we simply spend less time with them. You see, the white-knuckle effort to resist blowing up at people is much simpler when you're only spending an hour a week with them. <laughs> with our families, we see them every day, hours a day. And what is the natural effect of this, blowing up at our, the people we love the most? Well, it adds to the shame that the person with the disorder is already carrying around. Now, they despise and hate this loudmouth fool they're stuck sharing a tiny office with even more. Around and around it goes. There's a second equally important reason for the anger people with borderline personality disorder live with. The exact same two distorted core beliefs that make up the foundation of the disorder have another distinct effect. And what it does is it causes those with the disorder to believe that every single slightly negative thing that happens is a personal affront. A personal affront. Why? Well, think about it. Are you naturally inclined to treat worthless, repugnant things well? Like a sewer rat? You see, a, like a wet sewer rat. Is your natural inclination to go over, pet it, and feed it a chocolate? <laughs> Probably not. So what expectation do those with borderline personality disorder walk around with? If the filter you live with that you use to view everything that happens in life is that I am inherently irrelevant and shameful, devoid of worth, and so are my feelings. If this is what you carry around inside of you, is it your expectation that people will naturally want to treat you well? Or is your expectation that people are going to naturally want to walk all over you? The answer is obvious now, ain't it? So those with borderline personality disorder, they drive down the road subconsciously certain that the guy who cuts them off in traffic does it not on accident, but because you are worthless. The lady in the checkout line, she's taken too long. Not because she's 90 and on the verge of death and always takes that long, but instead it is perceived as she is doing this because your existence is irrelevant. That's why that's happening to you. Every single action or event that inconveniences you or makes you feel uncomfortable or affects you negatively is not seen as just normal human behavior that all of us deal with. And in fact, are unintentionally guilty of ourselves doing sometimes. 
but rather it's perceived as personal affronts directed personally toward you. The universe simply constantly confirming how devoid of worth you are. Do you figure that these experiences make that loudmouth moron you share an office with seem less annoying? <laughs> no, certainly not. You are there, through it all, watching the world mistreat him or her, watching the world secretly laugh at him or her, and do you know what your secret feelings are as you watch this? You're thinking, he or she deserves this. God, how I wish I did not have to be connected to that embarrassing, shameful idiot. But you're stuck. You're always stuck, trapped with him or her every second of every day. Now you know the reasons for the seemingly irrational anger folks with borderline personality disorder exhibit on a regular basis. If you are somebody living with the disorder, knowing the reasons behind your anger can help you realize that you're operating on a predictable emotional algorithm. That is, you're not a freak. You're not a unique case. Roughly 6,000 people listening to this podcast are dealing with the same thing. When you realize it is happening and why, now you have a measure of power over it that you did not have as long as you were totally ignorant as to why it happens. If you're somebody who cares about somebody with borderline personality disorder, guess what? I've just given you the proper context for the strange things you are seeing and being subjected to. Now you don't have to feel lost in utter confusion, wondering how to deal with an unpredictable Mr. Hyde. Now you know what is happening and why. And this can inform your approach to dealing with them when they get like that. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed the program today. I hope you're having a good week. And I will see you on Thursday. Have a nice week, everybody. Thanks for listening.